Welcome to the Vault Podcast, classic music reviews, presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and the crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Vault Podcast, classic music reviews, presented by IV Creative. It's a perspective of the classics from a fresh point of view. We appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective. You could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, B. Cox, and with me, I have the crew. Yes, that crew. Yes, the one and only crew. First off, we got my boy. Y'all know him. Y'all know him well. You love him. You love the show. Talking about none other than the creator and host of the Raw Sex Podcast, Cousin Damo, a.k.a. Dominique Marks. Y'all make sure y'all check out the Raw Sex Podcast, usually dropping their episodes every Friday now. Y'all make sure you're going to hop check me and my man out. Lots of good content throughout this year. He is slowly but surely approaching 100 episodes. So make sure y'all look out for that milestone coming up next year for the Raw Sex Podcast. You know, each and every Friday, make sure y'all follow him on Twitter and also on Instagram. He's a great, great follow. So make sure y'all check him out. And of course, as well, I always have in here my boy in the place to be, J.O., Fellas, thanks for joining us. It's been a while, I think, since the three of us have gotten together, since we've all been on a pod together. So, you know, you know how things can go, but I'm glad that we're here because it's the year end episode. As we always say here on the vault, our motto is hashtag open the vault, hashtag nothing but the classics. And we've had a stacked year so far this year, fellas. Covering 91, 2001, and 1996 has been no easy feat. And we did it to the best of our ability as much as our schedule would have permitted. And so now we get down to the nitty gritty last show of 2021, the rankings top fives, and also a top 10 for 91, 96 and Oh one. <laughs> We've been waiting for this for a while. I've been plugging this for quite some time. And because of the years that we're covered and especially with 1996, I knew this was going to be the task. And I know it's going to be something that, you know, we'll debate for a while, especially considering some of our different tastes when it comes to hip hop and R&B. So I'm, I'm, I'm ready to get into it. So we're going to go ahead and get this started and get started off with the first of our years. And we're going to start with 1991 and uh, those albums. Now, of course we can give honorable mentions and also give our top five of these ones as well. So we'll get into it. Jay, your first up, man, let's hear about your top albums of 1991 how did you rank them? All right, best. So, yeah, from uh, my 91 picks, I did um, number one, Ice Cube Death Certificate. Mm. Number two, I did Tribe Called Quest, Low End Theory. Okay. Number three, I did Ghetto Boys, We Can't Be Stopped. Mm. Uh, number four, I did um, DJ Quick, Quick as a Name. Okay, all right. And then, and then um, number five, I did Gangstar, Step in the Arena. Nice. Nice. Now, okay. I will say as far as, like, just to add to it, like, I mean, mm-hmm. I was kind of wrestling back and forth with DJ Quick cause, just because of Bob Bud. Like, I think we talked yeah, about that yeah. before. But <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Quick, you make it. It's difficult, man. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> but that was the only blemish I thought on that album, you know? I mean, yeah. I, I even had somebody on the YouTube channel, when they listened to it, they left a comment saying, y'all the only persons I've heard, you know, everybody in Cali liked that joint. I'm like, yeah, I mean, okay. 
<laughs> like, <laughs> you know, that's cool. I just didn't fuck with it. You know what I'm saying? I know people might have fucked with it. I just didn't fuck with it at all. So, they, yeah. I mean, clearly they don't have they don't have a large West Indian population nah, out in Cali. Not, so not, not like the way they do over here. Yeah, nah. at least not as much. So they do, but just not as much. Now, nah, so so you did Ice Cube for number one, the death yep. certificate over low end theory. Explain that a little bit. I mean. I guess because, like, Ice Cube, I mean, because, like, I don't know if I mentioned this before, I was always, like, a big Ice Cube fan. Mm-hmm. And with, given every, everything that went into Ice Cube's album, like, the, even, like, the time frame it came out and, like, the yeah. messages that were on there, like, mm-hmm. you know, those are things like that, that really solidified it for the number one spot for me, especially, like, you know, everything going on from what was going, like, I think that was around the time, like, the Riding King Journey and L.A. Rides and or mm-hmm. setting up for the L.A. Rides, rather. Yeah. And then just, like, like I said on the gym would be review Ice Cube's drink, like the PSA as far as like, you know, mess with dirty chicks and like yeah. dangers like STDs and mm-hmm. pretty much fucking with hood rats. I mean, yeah, that's like a little after school special within itself on that album. Right, like, exactly. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, my sons get old enough. I'm going to play that train for him. Like, look, Indeed. listen to what he's talking about. There you go. There you go. Listen to the man peeing in the bathroom talking about some shit. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Look who's burning. Indeed. Nah, man. Yeah. Cool. So that's cool. That's Jay's top five for 1991. Damo, what about you? 1991. How'd you rank them? Number five, DJ Quick. Quick is the name. Okay. Number four, Ghetto Boys. We Can't Be Stopped. Number three, De La Soul. De La Soul is dead. Number two, A Tribe Called Quest, Low in Theory, and Ice Cube, number one, Death Certificate. Mm. Okay. Got it. Okay. So, interesting top five. Interesting top five. What did you explain yours giving Death Ice Cube that top spot on that one? I just felt that was the most classic out of 91 to me. Okay. Ice Cube. Yeah. Death Certificate. Cool. And I juggle back and forth with him and Tribe Called, but I was like, uh, three versus one, him by himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going with Ice Cube with number one. I already knew Jay was going to have Ice Cube oh, number yeah. one. <laughs> I think we that's all did. Other, hey, yeah. that's the other reason why I thought about going Ice Cube number two. I said I just put number two because I know Jay about to have him as number one. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> nah, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, yeah, but you know, I kind of figured that Jay would too. Coming into this, I figured. I was just a little surprised that you had him at the top two, but... It, it kind of makes sense to me why you would have him at top and number number one as well. Yeah, it's um, I think we all kind of had a similar kind of top fives as well. But yeah, yeah, it's um, you can't argue. I mean, those two, I think generally people will probably put those two albums, Low End Theory and Death Certificate, right in, into their top five and probably has them somewhere between three and one as far as when it comes to the best albums of that year. So I hear that. So my top five for 1991. So I actually have honorable mention. My honorable mentions here, I have three, actually. So I have um, Cypress Hill, Cypress Hill, their debut album. Uh, you know, dope album. Obviously, me and Jay did a review for that earlier in this year. I think they kind of helped to kick off that weed subculture even before the Dr. Dre and Snoop made it really, really popular. Not even a year later. Ghetto Boys, We Can't Be Stopped. Obviously, iconic Houston, Texas rap album. You know, Scarface, Willie D, Bushwick, that classic album cover with Bushwick in the hospital, them riding down the hall with him just getting shot in his eye. Main source, Breaking Adams. I mean, uh, awesomely produced album by Lodge Professor. Some really great uh, songs as far as, you know, another game of baseball and staring at the front door. Um, so, yeah, it's some really great ones. Honorable mentions. My top five. Number five, DJ Quick. Quick is the name. Number four, Gangstar, Step in the Arena. Number three, 
De La Soul, De La Soul is dead. Number two, Ice Cube's Death Certificate. And my number one album from 1991, A Tribe Called Quest, Low End Theory. So I, 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 I kind of struggled over this for a little bit because I wanted to look at putting Breaking Adams, but then when I looked at all the albums of that year, I thought that all the albums were probably better than Breaking Adams. Breaking Adams is a great album, but I wanted to make sure I included all those in there. De La Soul is Dead. Um, to me, that's my favorite De La album, actually, even over Three Feet High and Rising. And Death Certificate was a great album. And Low End Theory, to me, I think that just sort of changed the game. I mean, without Low End Theory, you really wouldn't have a lot of things that, you know, Shoot Pharrell said that was an album that influenced him heavily. Same thing with producers like Ninth Wonder. I mean, so there, um, Dre also took things from Low End Theory as well to make The Chronic. He definitely took things and methods from the Low End Theory, how they produced and influenced, took some of those influences and introduced him to what he was doing in The Chronic. So that's my top five. So, yeah, I think everyone... Had a good one. Uh, Jay and Damo, to recap, had their number one is Death Certificate. I had mine as Low End Theory. I think we all had pretty much the same top five. Give Damo didn't have Gangstar step in the arena, but I, we, I think we pretty much agreed almost across the board with that one. So, cool, 1991. So, I'm going to actually change up gears just because. I'm going to go over actually the 2001, and I'm doing that because this is just another top five. So, we're going to do the 2001 albums and... Let's go ahead and see where you all ranked them. I'll start with Damo this time. Damo, for 2001, how'd you rank the albums? Uh, number five, Missy Elliott. Okay. Missy So Addictive. Number mm-hmm. four, Project Pat, Mr. Don't Play. Number three, Luda, Word of Mouth. Number two, Jay-Z, Blueprint. Number one, Nah, Stillmatic. Mm. Okay. So so you had Stillmatic over, over Blueprint. Yeah, I did. You you fuck with Stomatic one? You fuck with Blueprint? Back then, yeah. yeah. Okay. Back then, yeah. N- now, as a grown man, I will put Blueprint over Stomatic. But the mm-hmm. nostalgia to me, I'm still gonna live in that back okay. then space okay. for that for 01. Okay. And I'm gonna keep Nah Stomatic for number one. That's how I looked at it. Like right now, if I if I'm going to pick an album I'm going to listen to right now, mm-hmm. I'm gonna listen to Blueprint over Stomatic. Okay. Shit. I might even listen to Project Pat Mr. Don't Play over Stillmatic. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's wild, man. <laughs> I laughed and put the cord out. I laughed and pulled the cord out. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> that's so funny. Hey. Yeah. Matter of, fact, matter of fact, I probably listened more to Project Pat Mr. Don't Play since... Let's even go the last five years. I've listened to that more than I've listened to Stillmatic. Wow. So, but the looking at the list, I would go, yeah, that's okay. how I I, I, I I judged it from my my old one brain. Got it. Okay. Indeed. Cool. Cool. All right. So, Jay, what about you? Two thousand one. How'd you rank? I'm um. So with Dom, as far as, start, as far as like going from the, um, five on back, so number five for me was um, Missy Elliott, um, Missy So Addictive. Number four, Ludacris Word of Mouth. Number three, Project Pat, Mr. Don't Play. Number two, I got Nas, Stillmatic. And number one, I got Jay-Z, The Blueprint. Okay. Yeah. Uh, pretty much the same, the same, the same one. So you, I mean, as far as like that now, Explain a little bit about you putting Project uh, Project over Ludacris's album. What what mm-hmm. made you go go with that one over over Luda? Um, I mean, 
granddaughter, I mean, of course, obviously I rock salute, but like, mm-hmm. it's just something about that that hypnotized my production and yeah. like, even Project Past unconventional way of storytelling, like kind of put that over, maybe put it over word of mouth, yeah. like. Mm-hmm. Slightly speaking from nostalgia, I mean, it's obviously a nostalgic a- um, aspect, but mm-hmm. just thinking back, like, oh, one, and just like riding around playing, like, if you ain't from my hood, you can get from around yeah. here, just like, yeah. And then, like, um, I think, yeah, that break the law joint, man, mm-hmm. that shit, when it hit your speakers, mm-hmm. like, yeah, you like a full fledged riot mode or some shit, yeah, on that exactly, joint. right, <laughs> <laughs> indeed. I nah. was anyway, yeah, nah, it brings out some memories, man, that album coming out and. You know, those certain songs hitting your system and they just hit just the right way. You know, that hypnotized mind production, DJ Paul and Juicy J. That just, yeah, yeah, I, I feel you on that one. So my rank is for 2001, pretty much the same. Number five, Missy. Missy's so addictive. Number four, Ludacris, word of mouth. Number three, Project Pat, Mr. Don't Play. Number two, Nas, Stillmatic. And number one, Jay-Z, Blueprint. Mm-hmm. And obvious... You know, with me uh, putting it in the same thing with Project Pat, I mean, just that the way that the album hit and it's like, you know, again, I, I went through a little bit of a, you know, not went through. I actually witnessed this back and forth on Twitter between these two people. And it was during the Bone 3-6 Mafia, you know, versus the dude was talking about some, you know, I don't fuck with nothing with 3-6 Mafia. That shit ain't real hip hop, all this other shit like that. And I was like, damn. You know, I used to be that way. I was like, that's crazy. And to me, it was just like, I saw him and these dudes, like they was going back and forth, going back and forth, going back and forth. And I'm just like, yo, like it's, once you get down to the nitty gritty of it, it's like, yo, unless you are a, a really, really, really big hater, or you just don't like down South rap music. I don't know how the fuck you can't fuck with Pat, Mr. Don't Play, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and then obviously with Nas, Stillmatic and the Blueprint, I mean, I thought that, as we talked about on our review last week, Jay, we talked about, you know, Nas, um, him, this being sort of his comeback album. And I, I thought it was about as close to being a perfect album set for two tracks that we thought could have been left off or could have been replaced with other ones. But it was a really good comeback album away from Nas to really reassert himself. And then obviously Blueprint, Blueprint is what it is. It's shoot, one of the best albums released in the new millennium. And, you know, when we talk about best rap albums are going to be one of the ones that's talked about for a long, long time. So, yeah. Well, now we move over to the year of 1996. (laughs) And this is a, this is 1996. Let me tell y'all, 1996 is so loaded. We had to do two different types of rankings for the years. We had to do one for the hip hop albums and another one for the R&B albums. And we had to do a top 10 for the hip hop albums in 1996. So we're going to go ahead and start just with the R&B albums first before we even get to the grand finale of the hip hop albums of 1996. So we'll go 1996 R and B and we'll start with you, Jay, give us your rundown, how you rank the R and B albums from 96. All right. Best. So, um, number five, I did one twelve. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four, I did drew Hill. Number three, I did Aaliyah one in a million. Number two was the Maxwell joint urban hang suite. And then number one, I did total. Mm. Okay. Total. Hmm. Why total number one? I mean, I guess because I was like a fan of just like the whole mashup, like as far as um, Bad Boy with the remixes and just like the style of production. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? As far as like just, I just like how it always came out. Like even just thinking back then, like with Can't You See No One Else. I mean, just like the way those tracks sounded. Mm-hmm. Almost like 
almost not to say they on the same level, say like a Jodeci or something like that. But you know how Jodeci yeah. kind of have like still that hip hop edge. Yeah, yeah. I felt Total kind of had that back then too. So I, felt, I just felt like they just was in the same category. Yeah, sure. We said that earlier on this year in that review, right, Damo? We said we kind of felt like they were almost like Diddy's take on what he did with Jodeci. He did that with Total. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, interesting. That's cool, man. All right. Well, Damo. I know you've been looking forward to this. Listen, hearing yours top five, man. So give us your top five from '96 R&B, too. right? <laughs> <laughs> I know what's not going to be in there, but yeah. <laughs> Number five, Aaliyah, One in a Million. Okay. Number four, One Twelve. One Twelve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Number three, Maxwell, Urban Hang Suite. Number two, Drew Hill. Mm. Drew Hill. Number one, Tony Braxton, Secrets. Wow. Okay. So you had Drew Hill over 112's joint. Yeah. You you like that Drew Hill debut joint better than 112? Yeah. Okay. And we didn't even get into the topic of what we said that yeah. we was going to do that one time. Yeah, with I the know. Bonus episode. Yeah, bonus but episode. The, yeah. The second 112 album I have, that, which came out in 01, mm-hmm. coincidentally, yeah. I felt was better than the first 112 album. Mm. Two good albums, but I definitely, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. True. Indeed. Okay. And Tony Braxton. Yeah. Yeah. Secrets was yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's a yeah. it's a ridiculous album. It's it's like when we I remember when we did that review back in April and I was like going back and looking at like the things that were written about her first album and that second album and I was like, Yeah, well, you know, the first joint is always gonna be really like, you know, looked on favorably by everybody, especially those of us in the in the black community to listen to R and B. You listen to ninety three, ninety five around here, the urban radio stations. And I'm like, yo, the second joint probably is better. I think that's also the uh, same thing to sort of talk about with Joe to see how, you know, everybody talks about Forever My Lady being that album that everybody remembers, but we even talked about this briefly during our review, Damo. We think that hey, the, the second joint might be better. Diary of a Mad Band yeah. might actually be better than yeah. that, you know? So yeah. Yeah, I think it's the same thing with Tony. I think Tony put out a good album with that self, that debut. That's the one that everybody remembers. But I think Secrets might be better. So yeah, Secrets is definitely better. True, true. Well, my top five. Actually, I'll start with my honorable mention for 1996 R&B. So my honorable mention, I have Total with Total, and then I also have Drew Hill, Drew Hill. My number five, Tony, Tony Tone, House of Music. Number four, Aaliyah, One in a Million. Number three, 112, 112. My number two, Tony Braxton, Secrets. And my number one is Maxwell, Urban Hank Suite. So, I mean, I, I, I liked um, Total and Drew Hill's debuts. I just, with Drew Hill, with me, I liked the debut. But when I listened to it more recently, I definitely looked at like, yeah, the, the second joint is definitely better. That's their best album out of all the ones they've put out. But um, this, the first one was good, had some good songs on it, good singles. Um, you know, we, I just did the review for Tony, Tony Tone and, you know, looking at them and their, uh, you know, their story and how they ended up getting together, then breaking up. I saw that documentary, the one about royalty, no loyalty for Tony, Tony, Tony kind of gave me some insight on the group. Obviously me talk Dom Damo. I like I love that 112 album. I think it's like, to me, I think, yo, it's something that doesn't get talked about enough. Their debut. Tony, we just talked about that. And then Maxwell, I just think, man, just thinking about that he was only like 22 or 23 years old making this like grown folks music, like music that we appreciate now being damn near 40. That's music that we would sit and listen to for some easy listening to shit on a night is uh, crazy that he would do that. And what that led to for a career, I think it was a great start and getting a legendary career now, what he's done in the last 25 years or so. So 
Yeah. So my top five for my R&B albums. And now, ladies and gentlemen, your main event of the mm. evening. Mm. <laughs> I, I was talking and, you know, shout out to S- Summit Sharma and Chris Mitchell of the Breaking Adams podcast and told them we were getting ready to record <laughs> this top 10 list for 1996. And <laughs> Chris just told me like, yo, why would you put yourself under that type of stress? And I was like, you know what? You're right. It was stressful as hell putting this list together. I really, I want to say I agonized over putting this list together for about a couple of days. And I think I changed it probably like two or three times. I don't know if y'all went through the same thing putting together this list or not, but I think I changed minds like two or three times. Nah, I didn't do it because I know I'd have been on that Jones erasing and scratching out. So I just <laughs> went with it and left it. I was, I look, when I looked at it, yeah. I said, oh, he said top 10. I said, oh, Lord. And I, yeah. look, I was looking, I said, God, mm-hmm. how the... Oh no! Mm. And I said, you know what? I'm just gonna write it down and leave it as is. Wow. It is what it is. Man. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <That's crazy. laughs> I and then I, start, I was like, I should I like start that. from one or should I start from ten? So you know what? I'm just gonna start at one and then go down because if I start at ten, oh yeah, this is gonna be. Oh yeah, I'm gonna have to have some ibuprofen. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so. All right, y'all. So look, we just go ahead and get on with it because you know it's not gonna, it's not gonna say itself. So we got to go ahead and get it out there. So I'm gonna actually go ahead and start with you, Damo, since we got that because it seems like you would have, you may have been the most sure on your list. So give me your top ten hip hop albums from the year of 1996. Number ten, Red Man, Muddy Waters. Number nine, Busta Rhymes, The Coming. Number eight, UK Riding Dirty. Number seven, Fuji's The Score. Mm. Number six, Ghostface, Iron Man. Number five, Outkast, AT Aliens. Number four, Tupac, All Eyes on Me. Number three, Mob Deep, Hell on Earth. Number two, Nas, It Was Written. Number one, Jay-Z, Reasonable Doubt. Wow. Okay. okay. You have Muddy Waters at number 10, all the way at number 10. <laughs> That's why he sticks a hell of a year. It is. It is. And, and, hell you, of a year. And, and, and you know what? Part of me is like, ah, uh, you know, there's I could I have a little well, I have a little bit of a beef. I mean, this is my beef with you. You putting Muddy Waters before Buster Rhymes. I mean, uh at, behind Buster Rhymes. Why? I just felt I felt I felt Buster's more than Red Man. Okay. So that was a per- yeah. personal preference type yeah, of thing. Yeah, Got you. Okay. Yeah. True. Okay. And then you had Hell on Earth. Uh, well, you oh, had to rank number. Come, yeah. Come yeah. on. Okay. I didn't even think you would even <laughs> guess. You already know. <laughs> True. You already know how I feel about them boys. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> I wanted the Mars the MPV because of them. Yeah. <laughs> Not the MPV, though. Oh, man. They taking it back. Mars the MPV, yo, that takes me back, man. That takes, You know what that takes me back to? That takes me back to, like, riding on freaking 193 pass and land them seven road like yo that's what mm. takes me back to that's crazy yeah. wow damn that's crazy man okay well that's a good list and you know a couple of things that i'm like yeah but you know what the great thing about the show like this and the great thing about when you go back and talk about these lists and these albums is that the opinion and the preference plays a lot into it and so what may be your cup of tea on one thing may not be somebody else's cup of tea on something else so very good list, man. Cool. Well, Jay, you're up next, man. How'd you rank them? Hip-hop albums of 96. 
All right, so I might as well wait. Stir the pot even further. So uh, right. here we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so number 10, I did Roots in Liddell Half-Life. Okay. Number nine, I did mm-hmm. Nas Was Written. Number eight, I did Helter Skelter Nocturnal. Number seven, I did Master P, Ice Cream Man. Mm. Number six, I did Jay-Z, Reasonable Doubt. Wow. Number five, I did Mob Deep, Hell on Earth. Okay. Number four, I did Ghostface, Iron Man. Mm. Number three, I did The Fugees, The Score. Mm-hmm. Number two was Red Man, Muddy Waters. And number one, I did Tupac, All Eyes on Me. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't shocked by your Tupac all eyes Okay. On me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's another interesting list, man. So you had Helter Skelter within your top ten. You uh, that's interesting choice, but explain that a little bit. As far as Helter Skelter being in my top ten. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, because I mean, it just makes me think back, like '96, like how hard I was cranking that album, and like um, I don't I don't know if we we really discussed on here, but like that B minus production. Yeah. Like I don't know if you know Brian, but like that, the way that the way that snare in particular always hits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I mean, that's just something <laughs> yes. that always just like stuck out to me. And then mm-hmm. the way rock and rock would go back and forth. I mean, Sean Price, all y'all might have been fans later on, but mm-hmm. um, and then just like you know, what I'm saying being a being a boot camp click fan as far as like you know, what I'm saying along with with like you no know, say the woo whatever like that. So because mm-hmm. I know a lot of people like kind of divide between the woo and the BCC, but like. Mm-hmm. I thought it was equally as dope. I mean, of course, Wu kind of won that war, obviously, but... Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that drink, that drink definitely stayed in rotation with me. True. <coughs> Excuse me. True. Did you have any honorable mentions for this year, or...? Actually, I did, yeah, I did have um, Buster Rhymes to Come and then Machiavelli, Don Klum, Not of the Seven Day Theory. Okay. And you had All Eyes on Me as your number one album. You, uh, right. you I'm, I'm guessing that you All Eyes on Me resonated more with you than, than, than Machiavelli did? Yeah, I mean, like... um. I mean, I know we like we discussed it on there as far as like that. I just felt like Machiavelli. The thing that kind of like put it at honorable mention for me was like it still had that like that dark type of feel to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was ominous. You know I mean, like yeah. not tracks, but like you know what I'm saying. It's like it's like it felt like some sinister. Like should I even be listening to this shit? Like yeah. <laughs> I want to see pentagrams or something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was an ominous feel to it because you knew he was gone, and this album popped up, and nobody really knew that it was coming. You know, and it, I felt like at that time it was just like, oh, Pac got another album out, but ain't he dead? Like, yeah, he's dead, but he got this is another Tupac album. So right. yeah, and I, I remember like when they when they advertised it during like you know what I'm saying it was a commercial and they um, toss it up like mm-hmm. it wasn't even like this posthumous release is like New Macavilla like you know he had just came out like everything was just everything yeah. so it's like like he wasn't even dead right exactly yeah, yeah. I, I remember that I remember the speculation coming out whether or not he was dead or not too during that time so yeah oh man so good list man this is this I is thought, the, I, th- I actually thought you was gonna have Machiavelli in the top five yeah <laughs> <laughs> I knew yeah. <laughs> I was like he gonna go five both of these gonna be in the top five <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that was the deal breaker right there for me. It, it would have been had it not been for that, bro. I'm yeah, telling you. True. <laughs> nah, I hear you. Cool. This is variety. That's the reason why I like variety. This is why I knew this was going to be good. Okay. So then my album's from 1996. So my honorable mention actually include both Helter Skelter Nocturnal and Buster Rhymes The Coming. Mm-hmm. Um, two great albums, obviously, but you know, and the last one as well. Actually, in my honorable mention, I have Tupac All Eyes on Me. Wow. And um and, and so with me, like uh, we talked about this, Jay. I thought like disc one was great and I thought but disc two was a little bit more it was a little bit more, you know, some filler, 
didn't feel as focused as the first disc. So to me, I always kind of thought like I think it's a, a great project, but I just to me with the other albums that I have in here, I felt these a little bit more than I did whole eyes on me. So my top ten. Number ten, Machiavelli, Don Clum and ID Seven Day Theory. Number nine, UGK, Riding Dirty. Number eight, Fuji's The Score. Number seven, Ghostface Killer, Iron Man. Number six, The Roots, Illadelph Half-Life. Number five, Mob Deep, Hell on Earth. Number four, Nas, It Was Written. Number three, Outcast, AT Aliens. Number two, Jay-Z, Reasonable Doubt. And my number one album from 96, Red Man, Muddy Waters. Hmm. So just to talk a little bit about my list, um, I gave you all that honorable mentions. These were the ones that I think when it comes down to it, the ones that I definitely played the most. And, you know, I wanted to make sure that I got UGK in there because um, that was an album that when it came out, I didn't listen to it much. But obviously from college years on, I definitely regarded that album a little bit more. And then also talking to, you know, Nathan Rodell, the professor. Shout out to my boy Nathan Rodell, Food Dope Podcast, Players of the South. Having doing that that uh that interview with him and also the review for this album. And going back and doing a little bit more of my homework, considering like what they how they made that album happen with basically no support from Jive, considering that album came out the same day that Preach Rhymes and Life from a Tribe Called Quest came out. And um there wasn't really any promotion with that and the things that they had to do in order to get that made. Just a testament, basically, man, to their greatness. Um, Roots, Elf, Illadelph, Half-Life, obviously a great album. Um, I really, to me, kind of struggled between putting it was written over Hell on Earth. I just think that, that Nas lyricism kind of puts it over the top, even though the production on Hell on Earth was probably better. Um, and then, obviously, I wanted to put Reasonable Doubt as my number one <laughs> my number one album, but I just, doing that review last week, Jay, talking about Muddy Waters, it just, I really kind of got me thinking, like, how much I love that album, bro. Like, I love playing that shit. And shit, just that, slap. yeah, that, that, that Eric Sermon production, Rottweiler production, and Red at the, almost at the top of his game, you know, spitting-wise. skits, man. Them skits, exactly. Comedy. Comedy, it's like comedy, man. So, those are my top ten. Um, so, yeah, so... There we have it, guys. Those are our list. And now I'm going to get a list out of these on uh, social media. I'm going to put it, obviously, I'm going to put it on our website. I'm also going to put it on, uh, this is vault website is vaultclassicpod.com. Going to put it on the Instagram page, on the Twitter feed. Going to see what y'all think, man. Those are our lists for 91, 96, 2001. We'll get a recap of the list. And we definitely want to make sure that we hear from y'all. And uh, we see what you all think. You can tell us whether you agree with us. Tell us whether you agree, disagree with us. Tell us you think we're full of shit, you know, which I'm pretty sure we'll get a full of a few of these. And that's just that's quite OK. I'm all right with that. If y'all tell us y'all full of shit, it won't be the first time. And it's definitely not going to be the last. So there's our list, man. And uh, this is it, man. This is it. This is a hell of a year for the vault. I just wanted to take the time to one, thank all the listeners and uh, obviously thank my crew members, you know, Jay and Damo here. You know, we started this shit in the kitchen, in my kitchen and shit at my kitchen table, having a couple of drinks, beers and shit, you know what I'm saying, and sitting there chilling, talking hip-hop music like the way we did back in the day. I said that the impetus for this show was us sitting down at the lunch table. Damo was there at the lunch table. We used to sit there and have these conversations, and it turned into a show that I turned to something even bigger than I thought it would be, so... Jay and Damo, like I always like to say, man, thank y'all for, of course, riding it out here with me. The other co-hosts that have joined me throughout the year, 
Nathan the Professor Rado, DNT of the Imperfectly Perfect Couple Podcast. My boy 12 Kyle from the 12 Kyle Podcast. Also want to give a shout out as well to Riri from the New Normal Podcast. And also QD and Uche from the Ill-Advised Wise Guys Podcast, who did a guest lounge with me earlier this year, man. So, and of course, as I mentioned earlier in the show, a big, big shout out to the Breaking Adams Podcast as well. Got some big things coming up this next year. Y'all make sure y'all stay tuned for that. So as we close up, guys, just want to make sure, first of all, that I wish y'all to a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holiday Season. Happy New Year as we head into this new year as well. Everybody else out there as well, all of the listeners, make sure that y'all enjoy this holiday season. And y'all also stay safe, stay healthy through 2020, rest of 2021 into 2022. Hey, man, keep people close. Like Damo likes to say, man, make sure y'all reach out, holla at somebody, make sure you're doing okay. So make sure you take this time to keep your loved ones close, man, and tell them that you love them. And that's going to wrap up yet another edition of The Vault. Please make sure you check us out on our new host on Red Circle. You can also get us on our website, the new website, vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com. There you can go there, see every one of our episode pages. You can also go to each individual page, leave a review, check us out, join our mailing list coming in 2022. You can also leave a voice message in the blue button with the microphone in the bottom right-hand corner of the page. You can leave a voice message. Go ahead, let us know what you think. Show us some love. All of the best messages will be played on the show and, of course, on promo material. So please make sure y'all come through. We do it here all for you. We appreciate the support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend and make sure that that friend tells a friend. Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close for the year, we like to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate and elevate because you were never destined or created to stay stationary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and visit us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.